Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God, specifically the book of Philippians, one of my favorite books in the New Testament, and we allow it to transform our lives. We always want to be people who apply the Word of God. It's one thing to know it. That's where you got to start. You've got to know what the Bible says. It's a big book. There's a lot in here. It's a treasure. The Word of God is a treasure. That's why we search for it. We search for it like a hidden treasure. And there are gems in, in this book, more precious than silver, gold, diamonds, rubies, etc. And we search for them, and they transform us from the inside out. All the other outward adornment, that's nice, but the inward transformation of the Holy Spirit, that's what really counts. That's why we come and get in the Word of God. So welcome. If you're with me today, so glad to have you here. If you're new, I hope you will subscribe to our channel and join our community as we come here every day. We're in the book of Philippians right now. Let's get right into it in chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 3. And Paul says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. I love this verse. I love how Paul had joy when he thought of the Philippians. He was a Christian leader. He was actually in jail as he was writing this, and he probably had many reasons to be discouraged. Later on in chapter 1, we're going to find that it's almost as if the Lord was saying to him, do you want to just come on home? Have you had enough? Do you want to just come on up to heaven? And he was contemplating that possibility because life for him was difficult. Life for him was challenging. He was on the front lines, and for being so, he was now in jail. When he'd been in Philippians earlier, in Acts chapter 16, when he went there, and actually these were the first converts in Europe, and when he went there, he created such a stir, he was beaten with rods, thrown in a jail, put in stock, his feet were put in stocks, and they were laying there in the in the prison at midnight singing praises to God that they'd been counted worthy to suffer like that. But here they were. I mean, they, that hurts. I don't think I've ever been beaten with a rod by another adult while well, I'm an adult like that. My goodness, that must have hurt. And to be laying there in that prison. And yet here, this elderly man who'd been a real warrior for the Lord found reason for joy when he thought of the Philippians. And when he prayed for the Philippians, they brought him joy. I want to be like that. I bet you do too. That when people think of you, you bring happiness to them. When people think of you or they think of me, they don't think, oh, you know, someone who's that bothers them or makes them unhappy. But they, when they think of me, I want to be someone who brings them joy. When they pray for me, I want them to be to be able to do so with a smile on their face. And and I I would like the Lord to have that attitude towards me as well. And I think if we want to know what created that in Paul in his thought towards the Philippians, what was it? Their participation in the gospel. That's what was making him happy. That's what brought joy to his life. That's why he was so thankful for them. Whenever he remembered them, they were participating in the gospel. So I want to think about this word here for a moment, and what does it mean for us? And how do we have this idea? How can we be participating in the gospel? 
Now, it's interesting, this word participation, it's the word koinonia. Often in the scripture, this is translated um, fellowship or sharing, having something in common. Believe it or not, in, in Romans chapter 15, look at how it's translated. I, uh, wrong, uh, my one key is not working on my computer well, so it says uh, five, but here we go. There might be some typos here. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. That word contribution, <clears throat> excuse me, that word contribution, Romans 15 verse 26, is the same word, koinonia a sharing, and here they they translated it, contribution. In Philippians 1, they translated participation. In Acts 2.42, it's translated fellowship. It means a sharing together. And Paul is saying here, I think he's beginning to hint at something. You are sharing together in my ministry of advancing the gospel. This is what we're going to see throughout the book of Philippians, that he is commending them for this. Now, how did they share with him? He says, from the very first day until now, how do you do it? Well, I think we get a hint here on what happened the very first day when we read about the conversion of Lydia. Lydia was the first convert in Europe, in the city of Philippi. And we hear that she was a seller of of purple fabrics. She was a God-fearing woman. And what we read in Acts chapter 16 is this. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. They're going out by a riverside here. They're going out by a, in, in kind of a place where the people go out for a place of prayer. It wasn't in the synagogue. It was but this other place where people would gather for prayer. And Paul went to this prayer meeting, and he went amongst these religious people, and he shared the gospel with them. And when she and her household had been baptized, she believed. And then when they were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. And so you find that she was a godly woman, a God-fearing woman. She responded to the gospel, got saved, got baptized immediately. And then what happened? She said, If you judge me worthy, come stay in my home. Excuse me. Paul was not from there. He was a missionary now. He was going into new territory. And how did she participate in the gospel with him? I think by providing him shelter, house, a place to stay, helping meet his material needs. Well, that's how I think from the first day they participated. Well, how do they participate until now? Well, we're going to see that actually I think what prompted the book of Philippians to be written was it was written as a thank you note for a gift that they had sent. The last half of chapter four, he finally really gets into it. And he's talking about how grateful he is that they gave financially to his work. They sent a gift so that he could give himself to the gospel. So this is interesting to me that this word, the sharing of the gospel this participating in the gospel. I believe, I believe was because they were financially partnering with him, participating with him, part of his team in advancing the gospel. And that's how Paul saw that. Now, the reason I say it's interesting is because a lot of, um, like when we raise support, and when you get trained to raise support, you're taught that, you know, talk about people being ministry partners or partners in your ministry or on your ministry team. 
And I must confess, when I early and early on heard about that, I thought eh, that's kind of a gimmick. That's kind of uh, it's a nice thing, but it's just kind of a uh, a way to try and get people to give money to you. And is it really true? Well, I think it really is true. I think Philippians one, uh, the book of Philippians, really Paul. This was a letter to his ministry team, to his ministry partners, to people who were participating with him in the gospel. And if Paul saw it that way, I think God sees it that way. And so this is quite interesting to me, because what it's saying is that with our finances, we can actually join a gospel team. We can be part of it. We can share in the ministry, and I believe share in the reward. Paul talks about that in Philippians later. We'll see this as we get to chapter four, but he says, I'm not seeking the gift. I'm seeking what it adds to your account. What do you mean your account? I think to their heavenly rewards. I think God saw that what Paul was doing and these people who were supporting and behind him and with him, that that was, shall we say, adding to their account, as it says in chapter four later in this book of Philippians. Well, that raises obviously then another question. What To be part of a gospel team, a team that's advancing the gospel, a team that's putting, taking the gospel forward, uh, the question becomes, what role do you play? Because in Scripture, remember the Philippians, he was delighted that they were advancing the gospel, participating in the gospel. And he wanted to see the gospel advance. In chapter 1, verse 27, he says, whatever you do, make sure that you're striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I like this idea of you're advancing and striving together. And to me, I think part of what we're seeing here is there are different roles to play. Now, this is to say there's different roles is not in any means to say that your role means you don't at all participate in the others, other roles. Personally, I participate in all the roles of advancing the gospel, but I think there's several that come to my mind when we think of advancing, uh, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I think of, obviously, people who are really given laborers, workers in the gospel field, people who, who uh, this is their calling, this is what they do with their life. I, I believe we should all be sharing the gospel, but there's some people, this is what they're doing shall we say, full-time. How do we get the gospel? How do we advance it? We may call him a missionary. We may call someone who picks up and goes to another country or someone who has a dedicated ministry to advancing the gospel. But then secondly, there's, like here, financial supporters that make that possible, that enable them to do that so that they don't have to have work in the marketplace, shall we say, in the secular world, and so that they can be given fully to the gospel. And then there's a third role, and that's prayer support. And again, what I mean by this is we should all be, I think we should be doing all these roles, but some people are like dedicated prayer warriors. I've shared before in my own testimony, uh, be, prior to my salvation, there was a woman in our neighborhood praying for me, praying for Tommy. And I, I really do credit a lot of who I became as a fervent Christian, as a young man, and the, the whole direction of my life to the prayers of this woman, we call her Granny D, Mrs. Dornbeer. And she would pray, I'd ask her, Granny D, how often do you pray? And she'd say she'd wake up at three in the morning and pray till breakfast. And I'd say, when, when did you have breakfast? She'd say, oh, about 11 o'clock. 
woman was praying for about eight hours in the morning before she gets on with the rest of her day. That's a prayer warrior. There's not many people like that. But I want people like that on my team. I need some people like that praying for me who take prayer to a whole nother level. And then there's administrative support. And there's a lot, particularly now, I think with myself, I'm, I'm actually, you can pray for me to find some good administrative help in posting things online and using the, the, the digital world now and the turf, uh, the turf of the, of the digital world of, of social media and so on, where so many people now are getting their information and connecting with others. So I would suggest we all have parts to play in all this. We all should be sharing the gospel as we can. We all should be giving as we can. We all should be praying as we can. We all should be offering if some sort of administrative help. You can repost my videos on your social media is one way you can help with that. But there are but we all have roles that we're really dedicated in, that we really make we go above and beyond the typical, the norm in order to strive for and advance the gospel. Do you have a role in that? Do you have a role in that? What what part can you play in helping advance the gospel? This this is what Paul urged us to do. This brought brings joy. And I want to encourage you, make sure that you are really engaging and part of some team that's advancing the gospel, that's advancing the gospel through teaching and preaching of the Word of God. It's so important. brings joy to us, and that's how I think Paul praised the Philippians for participating in the gospel from the first day until now. Let's pray about it. Father in heaven, we come to you today and we thank you so much we bless you with all of our heart for the gospel message. It This is the world's needed message. I know we're entering a political season again where it's so easy to think that the answer will be found in politics, and we do pray for our upcoming elections to be have integrity and to be good and to be right and for the right people to be elected. And Lord, we can see other battles being fought in the universities or in the business culture. And everywhere we go, Lord, we fight evil ourselves and in our own lives and want to conquer it. We thank you that the answer to all of this comes back to the gospel, being reconciled to the Father, finding salvation through Jesus Christ. And so how we pray, Father, for the furtherance of the gospel, the advancement of the gospel. And I pray, Father, that we would be people who are striving together and involved, and we, we know our role, whatever it may be. It may be quite verbal. It may be quite private and quite quiet. It might be extra time in the prayer closet. It might be whatever it could be, like here, giving financially, whatever it would be. I pray, Father, that you would just raise up gospel teams, gospel workers, raise up teams that are effective in getting your gospel to our world today, we pray. This is the answer. We ask for breakthroughs. We ask for breakthroughs online. We ask for breakthroughs in person. We ask you to raise up laborers for the gospel and teams of people who work with them to advance your gospel in powerful, mighty ways. We pray these things and bless you, and we love you, and we thank you. You've invited us to join you in this mission. How wonderful that is. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. The Word of God is very practical, very strategic. Very, it, it's a manual to tell us how to get the work of God done. So I'm so glad you're joining me as we get into the Word of God. 
If you're new, again, a special welcome. I hope you will subscribe to our channel, join our community, set a time when you come either live 8.30 in the morning or later in the day, whatever works in your schedule, or even listen to the podcast. You can find me on the Apple or Spotify platforms and uh, just search for Tom the Preacher. So glad you're along with me. So glad that you're allowing me to sow the word of God in your life. I know it's going to bear fruit, 30, 60, even 100 fold. God bless you. I love you. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.